It's Keith McPherson on The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Can I get a year? <laughs> All right, let's get it. 877-337-6666. Spike Eskin always told me, say the number, man. Say the number in your open. Go ahead, say the number. Okay, Spike, I said it first thing. <laughs> ah, so much to unpack. Another five-hour KM to AM. Blessed to have one. Blessed to be here. Thanks for listening to WFAN. Thanks for tuning in, whether you were listening to Evan and Tiki, whether you specifically or listening for my show. I can't wait to talk to you. Dial the number, join the show. I was listening to um, Evan and Tiki's show as I was putting together my open, and I, I got to, you know, obviously hit on something that they opened with, but there's there's so much to unpack tonight. So I usually don't spike the ball. I usually don't like to be like, I was right about this, or I told you so, but, like, let's just go over a couple little things for the record, right? Especially since... I came in in the new year, 2024. I said, I'm standing on business this year. I just want my respect. It's my third year. I'm figuring out how to host a radio show, how to be a radio show. I think I know what I'm doing a little bit now. So I guess I can spike the ball a little bit. No pun intended with Spike Eskin, but spike the ball, like score a touchdown, spike the ball. So while we spent so much time talking about Yamamoto, right? (laughs) And, uh... Who was going to get Juan Soto and Yamasoto? I think I was pretty sure, like everyone else, that Juan Soto would be a Yankee. It just made too much sense. It fit a need. The Yankees were in the front of the line, and they never gave up that spot in the front of the line. So I was all in on Juan Soto. Like, yeah, it's going to happen. And that's a trade, you know, didn't cost them that much money. Obviously, a record-breaking $31 million in arbitration, but you, you understand what I'm saying. They didn't have to pay him by trading for him one year, so we got Juan Soto. But as Yankee fans and Yankee Twitter and Yankee fans that call the fan were pushing the whole hashtag Yamasoto thing, I'm like, nah, I just, uh, I just don't think the Yankees are moving like that. I, I don't think the Yankees will go out and trade for the biggest prize and then land the second biggest prize. I was never in on Otani, right? But I think I was the only one on this station to say Yamamotani. It just made too much sense to me. Why would Yamamoto go to Queens? Why would Yamamoto even go to the Yankees? I thought it would have been cool, right? I talked about the number 18 being available, Brian Cashman going over there. I talked about Brian Cashman watching the no-hitter, saving the the ticket stub, all that. I thought there might have been a chance, but when I really thought about it, it just made too much sense for the three-time MVP over there in the MPB League to follow the best baseball player on the planet, who's also Japanese, and played with him for Team Japan, won the World Baseball Classic. As you saw, well, maybe you didn't watch the Worthless Baseball Classic. Shout out to Sal for that name. I watched pretty much all of it. You know, the, the Japanese team got to come over here. They played in Marlins Park. I'm sure there were conversations about, hey, man, my free agency is coming up. I live over there in L.A. I've been watching the Dodgers my whole time. Like, <laughs> we should become Dodgers. 
the whole Japanese media is over there. So I, I know I was correct on Juan Soto being traded, but that was pretty obvious. I know I also was correct on, hey, it's Yamamotani. Yamamoto is going to be a Dodger. He's going to go join Otani, especially when you saw the contract, especially when you saw the deferred money. But then as we kept going, you know, through uh, this winter and the offseason, you know, I, I said I just didn't think Jordan Montgomery wanted to come back. And there were some reports that the Yankees were interested in him, but I think all signs are pointing to he's not looking for a reunion. And I said, fine, I don't want him anyway. I was fine with the Bader trade. The Yankees don't need to beg Jordan Montgomery to come back. They don't need to offer him more money than he's actually worth. Same thing with Blake Snell. Obviously, there's an offer out there. Blake Snell didn't want the money, but, you know, there's just a lot of talk and speculation between Yankee fans. Yankee fans want everybody. Yankee fans want everything. Um, It's a parallel between Dallas Cowboys fans wanting everything. And, man, I saw my guy, J.J., John Jaskremski. You guys know J.J. After dark, he put out a tweet last night. He said, the Yankees and Cowboys have so much in common recently. Franchises that used to fire everyone. Now, never make changes. Thought for sure Dallas would be in the head coach market. And he was replying to the Adam Schefter news that Dallas isn't making a coaching change. If you listen to me the last few days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the news broke last night when I was on. I told you Mike McCarthy's safe. And it's funny as, you know, I get the, oh, I can't believe you're a Yankees fan, Cowboys fan. There are millions of us. The Yankees dominated the 70s. The 90s, they won championships when people were young and people latched on. They got the same color scheme. There's so many parallels. You know, talking about not moving on from guys. I was listening to the guys talk about Jason Garrett. And I used to work out at Jim Garrett's house on Ocean Ave and Beach Road, right across from the Monmouth Beach Club. If you guys from the shore area, Monmouth County area, as you're, you know, going up to Atlantic Highlands, know what I'm talking about. He's got a big yard where he would have... High school kids come throw routes and, um, you know, throw throw passes and run routes and, and practice. Jim Jim Garrett was a scout, a longtime scout of the Dallas Cowboys. His son, Jason Garrett, being the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, was a dream. You know, he played for him. Jason played quarterback for him, became the head coach. Everybody called him the Clapper, you know. I think there's similarities between the Clapper and Aaron Boone. Aaron Boone is safe. I was very vocal after 2021 when the Yankees lost to the Red Sox. I'm like, you can move on from Aaron Boone right now. They did not because the Yankees, they want to build something. They want to take their time. They want to give Aaron Boone the same amount of time as the managers that came before him, if you're following me. So I wasn't surprised about Mike McCarthy. I was right about Mike McCarthy. I told you, you're not going to move on from a guy after his first year calling the offense and the offense turns prolific. You're not going to move on from the guy when Dak Prescott puts up MVP numbers. C.D. Lamb looks like arguably the best wide receiver in the league. I just knew. Now, I said it it was an all-time embarrassment, no-show, collapse, disappointment. The big D is big disaster waiting to happen, big disappointment, all of that. They had the grounds to do something rash, to do something crazy, but Jerry Jones didn't do that. And I hear all these people saying, oh, Jerry Jones, the, the Cowboys will never win anything. Oh, Jerry Jones just wants a puppet? Sure. Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones are the president and GM, and you've heard me say that Jerry Jones thinks he's the star on the helmet. It's his team. He had a sleepover with Mike McCarthy. What other owners are having these 
coaches sleep over during the interview process. None. Never heard of that before. Mike McCarthy isn't necessarily to blame. You got to look at the game. The defense got smoked. Couldn't run zone. Couldn't run man. Couldn't run anything to stop the Packers. The 9-8 and eight Packers? Dan Quinn should be fired. But now there's reports out there that if Dan Quinn doesn't get a head coaching job, he's coming back. They're going to run it back. And it's kind of funny to hear Jets fans talking about the Cowboys running it back when, like, you know, we already know your situation over there. You're running it back because Mike McCarthy's old quarterback that got him fired in Green Bay, who's completely washed at this point, couldn't do what Green Bay did this year, so Green Bay moved on from him. That guy is telling you, run it back, R-E-L-A-X. We'll be all good. So when I look at a 12-win team, 12-win team, 12-win team, and what Mike McCarthy had to say today about, you know, I came here to win a championship, and uh, I think it was Jane Slater who asked, you know, why should fans believe in you? He said, we established a championship program. I know how to win. We will get over that threshold. As a Dallas Cowboys fan, I hope that they do the work. I hope that they use this as fuel and motivation in the offseason to drive them to make the right decisions and get over that hump and actually be able to, I don't know, get back to the NFC Championship. I'm not even looking for a Super Bowl. Just get back to the NFC Championship. 877-337-6666. It's eerily similar, right? The Yankees, embarrassing last year. I mean, 82-80. and We couldn't stomach watching those games. And so we all said, hey, they got to do something. They got to do something big this offseason. They got to make changes. And they go out and get Juan Soto. And they go out and add a couple other little pieces. Count Trent Grisham and Alex Verdugo. I know Yankee fans want more, but Marcus Stroman is here. He counts. The rotation is set. I believe that they're going to roll with the five guys they have in Cole, Rodon, Stroman, Cortez and Clark Schmidt, you don't have to like it, but they don't need you to like it. Brian Cashman, he's stuck in his ways still. There's only so much Hal Steinbrenner can come in and force, like giving Judge the money or making them give up Michael King in a trade. Cashman didn't get fired. I know a lot of people were screaming, fire Cashman, but he's still here, so you can't expect them to just go out and buy Blake Snell and Josh Hader and Jordan Montgomery because that's what you want to feel comfortable about, about the season. I'm good. I'm ready to roll. And, you know, I'm good with the Dallas Cowboys, too. I understand. You can't lose the locker room. It's deeper than that, right? Dak Prescott, after the game, came out and endorsed Mike McCarthy. If he's on the hot seat, I should be on the hot seat. The players have to perform. The players have to show up. Jake Ferguson also gave a stamp of approval online. When Mike McCarthy got re-signed last night or not let go last night, Jake Ferguson tweeted about it. So clearly, his team is behind him. Yeah, they let him down, but they don't feel like he should be fired. And there's so many people talking about, oh, Bill Belichick. Who says Bill Belichick wants to come to Dallas? It is the biggest brand in football. That's another parallel between the Yankees and the Cowboys. The richest franchises, the biggest brand, global brands, same color scheme. And and it's unfortunate, right? The Cowboys are going on almost 30 years from their last championship. And the Yankees are halfway there at 15 years. And there's people listening that are like me that are both Yankees and Cowboys fans. And it's fun during the regular season to win, but ultimately you know they're going to come up short and you're waiting. What do I always say? Stay down till you come up. It will come around. It will happen at some point. 
But I have no problem with Jerry Jones running it back with Mike McCarthy. I think they can break through. I've talked about Dak Prescott. He's a father to be. He's expecting. He's going to have a a daughter in this year. It's going to change his life. Maybe that's what he needs. Life to change and football to not be so pressurized and the lights not to be as bright and not fold in the big situation. He's going to get an extension. What say you to that? All the pundits want to make jokes about Dak. I guarantee you the Dallas Cowboys extend him and make him one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL again. And when you look at what the Yankees have done, getting Marcus Stroman, their payroll is going to be high. I think folks are forgetting, like, John Carlos Stanton is on this team. Garrett Cole is on this team. Aaron Judge is on this team. Anthony Rizzo's on this team. DJ LeMayu's on this team. Carlos Rodon's on this team. There's a lot of money spent. But they're going to stay the course with Aaron Boone, who people have been saying to fire Boone for years, fire Cashman. They don't care. <laughs> You're still going to buy the merch. You're still going to show up. You're still going to watch the games, and they know that. Only one team wins the World Series. Only one team wins the Super Bowl. And they also know that, hey, anything can happen in the playoffs. Anything can happen in the postseason. It's a crapshoot. We just got to make sure we get there. 877-337-6666. Now with the Dallas Cowboys, Dan Quinn shouldn't be welcome back. And I honestly think he's not going to get a head coaching job because now Mike Vrabel's out there and Pete Carroll is out there and Bill Belichick's out there and John Harbaugh's out. Dan Quinn is not even a top five candidate anymore, but he's taking interviews everywhere. He'll probably be back because Micah Parsons, who the Dallas Cowboys also have to pay, loves him. And Micah Parsons is such a strong presence on the team. The Dallas Cowboys wasted their first round pick on Mozzie Smith. (laughs) They wasted their first round pick on a nose tackle that they thought was going to free things up for Micah Parsons. It's about what you do in the offseason. Both the Yankees And the Cowboys need better players and better plans. The Yankees have added better players to this team. The Cowboys, last year going into the season, historically they draft well. CeeDee Lamb fell in their lap. I mean, Dak Prescott was a fourth-round quarterback. As I'm hearing the guys talk about the first-round quarterbacks that are in the playoffs, all of them except Brock Purdy. You know, Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones should have had Dak locked up for a lifetime deal for $1.35. They could have got him for the low. But back to the draft, right? They draft Mozzie Smith from Michigan. They draft uh, Luke Schoonmaker, the tight end. He had no impact because Jake Ferguson took off this year. They get the kid uh, Deuce Vaughn, whose dad worked for the Cowboys. Yeah, it was a good social media story, but you needed another running back. Moving on from Ezekiel Elliott, you didn't have a running back. They drafted uh, Demarion Overshawn out of Texas, the linebacker. He tears his ACL In the preseason, your linebacker depth took a huge hit when you faced the 49ers and Leighton Vander Esch went out for the year. So if you're following me, right, they didn't didn't draft well, and then they went into the season, and the only trade Jerry Jones made was for Trey Lance. Didn't make a trade to help the team. So you can't be so surprised, Dallas fans, in the tri-state area. Just read the tea leaves. The writing was on the wall. They hadn't played good football down the stretch. They lost to the Bills. They lost to the Dolphins. They should have lost to the Lions. At first, against the Commanders, the Commanders were showing up and giving them a game. The Commanders had lost like eight games in a row. The second worst team in football. So it, it shouldn't have been that much of a surprise. We should have known better. But now with this Yankee season coming up, 
and I just see everybody talking about, it's not enough, it's not enough, it's not enough. My whole thing today, I was going off online. I'm like, it is enough. The Yankees have done more than the entire AL East, more than most of the American League, more than every other team in baseball except the Dodgers. And all I keep hearing about is, we need to add a pitcher, we need to add a pitcher. They always find pitching. It doesn't matter if it's Johnny Brito, Randy Vasquez. They, they, they start Ian Hamilton and find a way to pitch. They needed hitters. And now you have one of the most feared hitters in the game. Marcus Stroman talked about how he thinks Soto is the best hitter in the game. And that's another thing for Yankee fans. You guys are still hating on Marcus Stroman. He's in pinstripes. He was at the Garden last night. And if you listen to him today, he talked about how him and Cash squashed the beef face-to-face. If Brian Cashman can swallow his pride, look this guy face-to-face and say, hey, it came out the wrong way, didn't mean anything by it, this is about business, this is about winning. If Aaron Boone is showing up to his house, these guys are literally going on recruiting visits to get Marcus Stroman. And Marcus Stroman signed for the low. He wants New York. Yamamoto didn't want New York. Otani didn't want New York. He wants the pinstripes. He's from New York. He understands what time it is. I want a guy like that. I want a guy like Soto, like Verdugo, like Stroman, all in this clubhouse to shake the clubhouse up. Not Wash Donaldson to shake the clubhouse up who can't play anymore, who's a hothead that can't play anymore with a reputation around the league that nobody likes him. So I hear people across the tri-state area talking about Marcus Stroman's going to be a cancer in the clubhouse. He met with Aaron Judge. He met with Garrett, Garrett Cole. He met with Anthony Rizzo, Anthony Volpe. All of these guys signed off on it. If Blake Snell wants $270 million, he's not going to be a Yankee. If he wants to come back to that $30 million uh, AAV and not sign with the Angels and lose, then he'll be a Yankee. But we got to be ready to roll. Time is ticking. And I said this as well. You can improve your team two times in baseball. In the winter, obviously, with winter meetings and free agency, making trades, whatever. But then you also have until the trade deadline to address your issues. The Yankees are going to go forward and see how they pitch. And I know you don't have to feel confident in it. I don't feel confident in the health thing because the Yankees lead the league in IL trips. When you look at Nestor missing the year half the year last year, Carlos Rodon missing the year uh, half the year last year, and Cashman said he showed up on his own to Tampa. Locked in, slimmed down. Good to hear. He knows how big this season is. And even Stroman, who missed half the season last season because he was hurt. He says he's perfect. He's healthy. What else do you need to hear? The Yankees have done enough. Let's go. Lock in. It's almost time. 877-337-6666. So what I'm saying is these marquee franchises, the Yankees and the Cowboys, that everybody loves to make jokes about, they win, they print money, And they block out the outside noise. If you listen to the fans too much, you'll be sitting with them. They don't care what you or I have to say, but call the fan and say what you want to say. Tweet. Get your thumb work out. Send 100 tweets about it. They're making business decisions. And they need to have better plans and better players to eventually get the success that they once had in the 90s and the 70s. And what goes around comes around. Stay down till you come up. It's time. I heard Lugie talking about the Knicks. We got another Knicks game tonight. The 90s Knicks keep getting brought back up with the Rangers. 1994 keeps getting brought back up. I know the Rangers kind of cooled off some, but like it can come back around. It can happen. One team wins the championship every year. Rarely is it ever back-to-back champions. That never happens in baseball. It's not going to happen in football either. But like for all of the pundits, 
all of the people that have stuff to say, just pay attention to the little moves that the guys are making or that the teams are making and the guys they're retaining and what they're doing. They have a plan. They need to have better plans. They have good players. They need to have better players. And it could all potentially work out. And that's why we watch. 877-337-6666. There's plenty to talk about. But me being a Yankee fan, Cowboy fan, who hears it all year long from, I don't know, age 5 to 35, Oh, my God, I can't believe you're a Yankee fan, Cowboy fan. There's a ton of us, and there's a ton of parallels between the two franchises. And when the Cowboys win a Super Bowl or the Yankees win a World Series, it's going to be sweeter than ever. Keith McPherson on the fan, you got me till 12. I'm not going to spend the whole night talking about the Cowboys. I'm not going to spend the whole night talking about the Yankees. But if Evan and Tiki can do it all week, why can't I do it? I'm the guy that roots for both the teams. 877-337-6666. Let's break it down. And when we come back, I'll take your calls in about an hour. My guy Kaz is going to join us. I don't know if you guys know Kaz. I'll fill you in on Kaz. You've probably seen him on MSG. Uh, I just appreciate Kaz. We go back a little bit. Uh, He's a a hip-hop head, a wrestling guy, a Knicks fan, a suffering Jets fan. And I don't know why it took me so long to have him on the fan, but he'll join me tonight at 8.30. KM to AM. We'll be right back after this. Yeah, let's talk about it. Keith McPherson on the fan. Let's take your calls for the next hour until my first guest, and really my only guest, comes in. But, you know, something I was thinking about today as I was getting dressed to come here, you know, I was pumped up. The Yankees dropped their promotional items. And I think two nights ago I was talking about the Mets promotional items because we were joking about Mets fans not being excited about the season with the offseason moves, this is the opposite for Yankee fans, you should be absolutely excited to see the new personalities, the new fire, energy, swag that this team is going to come out there with. But now it's our turn, Yankee fans. We'll go through the Yankee uh, promotions. And, uh, you know, the Yankees copied the Mets a little bit. They've got a football jersey and a hockey jersey. And I was complimenting the Mets. I'm like, do that again. Run it back. And I think they are. They have a basketball jersey with 24 on it for the Mets this year. Last year, I had, I got three of the um, the Aaron Judge 99 basketball jerseys. Like, that alone gets people to come to the stadium. You guys remember, if you were listening a couple of nights ago, we were talking about the bobbleheads, and somebody called to say, I don't collect bobbleheads. I'm like, you clearly aren't familiar with me. And, like, going to the game, no matter what the result of the game is, when you leave with that door prize, you feel like you got something and it was worth the trip, 877-337-6666. But, yeah, also, as I was getting ready to come to work and getting dressed, I was pushing all that Cowboys gear to the back of the closet very ceremoniously. Ceremoniously. I'm, I'm not saying that word. Ceremony? Ceremoniously. There it is. Because every year, the Dallas Cowboys lose like frauds, and I pack up my Dallas gear, and I don't wear it or break it out until the draft or until – Preseason in August. I don't want to be seen in Dallas gear. I mean, kudos to you. There's a guy in my neighborhood. I see him walk around with this Dallas Cowboys five championships jacket proudly. I'm like, you're better than me. You're better than me. Because I end up talking to strangers all the time. And I don't want to have that conversation. I wear the Yankees gear. It's a little different, obviously, in this area. You know, less cow- uh, less Yankee haters, way more Cowboys haters. But... um. You know, something else I was thinking about the Cowboys losing is, you know, sometimes it's just other people's time, right? The Packers made a decision this year to roll with Jordan Love. It was his time. And this whole thing works 
where like I, I clipped front office sports today. It said ESPN drew record ratings on Monday, and it was fueled by the coverage of the Cowboys collapse. First take had 1.5 million viewers, the most ever. Get up had uh, almost a million viewers, the most ever. NFL Live had almost a million viewers, second most ever. Pat McAfee show had over 800,000 TV viewers more because everybody wanted to drink the Dallas Cowboys fans' tears. You know Stephen A. had to do his bit. Like, all of this stuff worked. I, I should have known. America's team to laugh at. Jason is in North Jersey first up on the fan. What's up, Jason? What's up, Mr. Keith? How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm in here watching uh, my alma mater, Monmouth University versus Drexel is on this TV right now, hosting the show, taking calls. How are you? All right, my son gets at you on Twitter a little. We're Cowboy Yankee fans. We got to deal with a lot up here in North Jersey. And you know, a lot of people talk a lot of stuff here. And, and I, I got to come at you with this coaching. I know you just said a little bit about it was his time, Jordan Love, and, and all this stuff going on. But, you know, some of these owners, like Jerry Jones, national treasure, just like Mr. Steinbrenner was, when the guys go, you miss them more. But, you know, they, they spend their time. They try to get these guys in. You got to coach these guys up. I don't know what Quinn was doing. I don't know what McCarthy was doing. Again, they get out coached. You know, it's you, you, you have a ton, a ton of pundits talking all this about that. It's you know, and same with Boone. Like, we could go into baseball. Like, you get a team out there, now you get Soto. Like, does Boone get in charge to put the, the, the lineup together? What does Boone do? Does he control the pitching staff? What moves does he do during a game besides crying about strikes and balls? Yeah. What do these coaches do? What do they do? How do they get out schemed? You know, like, like, like Keith. I think they're more babysitters football. than anything. I think they got to manage personalities more than, you know, X's and O's. I, I think they got to keep... The guys uh, from, you know, getting at each other, like, I, I bet that yeah, I would have paid money to see the Cowboys locker room after that game. C.D. Lamb looked like he had been in full-on tears. I'm sure Dak Prescott just had nothing to say. I think these guys are more so personality managers, babysitters. They got to try and keep guys together uh, from not, you know, tearing each other apart. Now, you're 100% correct about the Cowboys were not prepared at all. I've, I've been on air talking about, man, that game was over so fast. It was clear that those young guys – came in there ready to play. The Cowboys were 16-0 and yeah. at home. The Cowboys were beating yeah. everybody there, not not, not in the playoffs, because they thought it was a yeah, given. Keith, they thought they thought that Keith, the team was going to lay called down. Up. Keith, I called up and spoke to Tiki before. Like, no offense, Aaron Jones scores that first rushing touchdown. How doesn't Micah Parsons go back to linebacker? Like, say, Micah, we need you at linebacker today, buddy. We don't need you rushing the quarterback. I don't get the schemes yeah. and the schematics of these coaches. Yes. I don't get them. I don't understand it. I don't understand in, how in sport, if I show you something all year, I got to change it up in the playoffs. I can't show you the same look every time, Keith. I yeah. can't do it. I, it's, I guess it's easier said than done. In any sport, if you're weak up the middle, you're cooked. The Cowboys were weak up the middle as far as they didn't have a middle linebacker. They didn't have a good run game. They couldn't run the ball up the middle. They couldn't stop anything up the middle. And that was going on for weeks. Leighton Van Der Esch goes and, down. And, 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 you didn't make a move for a linebacker. And, they tried to get Darius Leonard. Nope. He went to the Eagles. I don't even think that would have been a good move. And Tony Pollard was not the bell cow running back that they thought. They were unprepared. The 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 signs were there. The signs were there. We just yeah. wanted to believe, hey, we got lucky. We got the number two seed. We won the division. This is the easy path, right? Everybody thought that the Packers were the easy landing spot. There is no easy landing spot in the playoffs. These are all millionaire football players that want to get to the Super Bowl because they've been dreaming of that since they were kids. And now, and now, Keith, we deal with Mr. Boone. We get crazy in all the New York fans over here. You put a nice, powerful lineup together. Guys got to hit. 
Yeah, we got some pitching. Guys got to hit. Like, at the end of the day, they got to take onus too. But then Boone's got to get them going. I, again, I know it's different baseball and football, yeah. managing and, and getting guys going. But I'm just saying, like, these teams are talented where they shouldn't be losing these type of series yeah, in the playoffs. You got to motivate the them. You got to get it playoff out of them. Game. You got to have them, have them locked in. Thanks for the call, Jason. I mean, I have a Q&A coming up on January 27th with Aaron Boone. One of the questions I want to ask him is like, hey, are we done with, you know, some of the pet names? Kingy is gone. Uh, Glaby, it might be his last year with the Yankees. Nothing is cute anymore. The fan base is on edge. The fans wanted to fire Brian Cashman so much they set up fire Brian Cashman night, wore fire Cashman shirts, hashtag trending on Twitter. Like, is it serious yet? Is there a sense of urgency yet that, like, we're not playing around? It's been 15 years. It's got to be dead-ass serious. And I know it's just sports and entertainment, but guys got to lock in. The way Aaron Judge looked at the end of the season, he looked like he was pissed off. He knows he doesn't have years to waste. Garrett Cole won the Cy Young, doesn't have years to waste. I think they're going to carry missing the postseason like that, right? And, and that's another thing I got to say about the Yankees. You guys act like they miss the postseason every year. You guys act like 82 and 80 is, is something that you've seen before. I know I haven't. And also, everybody wants to omit that Aaron Judge played 106 games out of 162 last year. People want to forget that Trevino, your platinum glove catcher, was hurt. That Rizzo was concussed trying to champ it out, trying to go out there. The Yankees completely mismanaged that. They were relying on backups. That's why they couldn't score more than three runs. And yeah, I know a lot of people say, well, Keith, you expect them to stay healthy this year? No, I don't. But I, I know Cashman has spoken on it from the GM meetings to the winter meetings and even today. They know they're not expecting these guys to stay healthy. There will be reinforcements. There will be help on the way. There is help on the way. You have major league outfielders now. You're not going to have IKF in the outfield. Artie's in Northvale. Artie, you're on the fan. Hey, Keith. How you doing? Good, good. Good. So, yeah, I mean, I have to say I feel pretty positive uh, about uh, what we got pitching-wise. I think having those three new three hitters, having you know Verdugo come in that hits for contact, doesn't strike out. Yep. Um, and having obviously Soto is a master at the plate with walking and then putting the ball in play regardless. And I think Dominguez, you know, I think he's going to be another shot in the arm for somebody young and athletic at the that could be probably not the top of the lineup, but you know, somebody else who puts the ball in play. Yeah, in the summer, why, you get him, and you also could make a move for an ace at the deadline, like Corbin Burns. Then what do the Yankee fans say? Onward, let's go. Right. I'm not worried about because pitching-wise, too, everyone seems to forget in two years ago, we brought up a rookie, Luis Heal, who's totally, no pun intended, he's healed now. He's yeah. going to be coming to spring training. He was a surprise. He's a starter. He threw a lot of innings. He's young. He's athletic. He's got a monster arm. He could be a surprise be person to come in as a sixth guy. Yeah. There's a, there's a bunch of depth guys as well. Uh, Luke Weaver, Cody Petit. Clayton yeah, Beater, Will Warren. I like, actually. And I think that the difference this year that we're going to see is, I think, at the end of the year when you heard that the, you know, in the front office they had a big fight in there, because I know Brian Sabian and um, Omar Manaya and, and uh, Brian got in this big heated exchange over what's going wrong with the team and what the direction, because they brought them in because they're more, more old school. I think, you know, when they were teaching the minor league guys more launch angle than contact, and a lot of the people were complaining. I think what I, what they've been saying in Hal Steinbrenner said is they're taking a different approach this year. And they're going more after contact and running and things like that. So I think there might be an actual change. And if not, then Cashman's gone. If he can't do it this year, he's gone. And they know that. There's definitely a sense of urgency. Good call, Artie. I just think, 
You know, I just always say this on air. If you know that and I know that, you think they don't know that? Of course they do. Phil is in Bayside. Let's go, Phil. You're on. Keith, my man. Hey. That was perhaps the greatest opening monologue I've ever heard. Nah. <laughs> no. Nah. I'm a lifelong Yankee fan. My favorite team is the 78 Yankees. And if I wasn't a Yankee fan, I would change based on your monologue. You, you got me pumped, man. Well, good. Well, good. It was, I, it that's was just, awesome. That is me being a lifelong Yankee Cowboy fan and living through the pain and living through the like, man, damn, I picked these teams because they were winning championships. I've grown all the way up now. When are we getting back to doing what I signed up for? <laughs> well, listen, like I said, uh, my favorite team is the 78 Yankees. I have every autographed baseball from that team. And if yeah. I if I wasn't a Yankee fan, I would be one right now based on that. It was awesome, man. Like, I really yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, let's go. Like, really it's pumped. time. I, 82 and 80 is in the past. It's done. I'm tired of hearing 82 and 80. I'm tired of hearing about, well, oh, the pitching. They don't have enough pitching. you got to get Snell. No, you don't. And, and, like, you know how I know most of you don't watch Blake Snell pitch? Because you want Blake Snell that bad for that price. No, that's not the answer. It's okay. We like help is on the way. They made a lot of moves. Let's ride. Yeah. Again, I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thanks for the call, Phil. Like <laughs> are, are you feeling me? You, you hear me? I got I got more things to back it up. I got more things to add to it. We gotta take a break. I'm taking your calls at 877-337-6666. Yankee fans, I love you, but the greatest rivalry in baseball is Yankee fans versus other Yankee fans. And sometimes it's super annoying. Like, you can't get every free agent. You can't have the world. Sometimes guys don't want you, right? And that's the same thing with the Cowboys. You can't get Mike Vrabel, Harbaugh, Belichick. Maybe they don't want to come work for Jerry Jones. Stick with what you got. Roll with what you got and do better as far as adding personnel, drafting, practicing, preparing, and having better plans. Keep McPherson on the fan. I'll be right back. New York City. Your boy Cam on the fan. Right back at it, man. I swear these days are rolling by. It feels like I'm getting a lot of five-hour shows. Not complaining about it. Let's get back into it. You know, before the break... I was saying, you know, I can add to this case. I'm going to keep adding things all night. And (laughs) I was listening to BT and Sal and some guy called, I forget his name, but he clearly hated everyone and everything. And, you know, BT was talking about how confident he is in the Yankees. He thinks that they're the best team in the American League. I'm not going to go that far. The AL East, potentially. And I think they've made more moves than most of the teams in the American League. But the caller's like, BT, you sound like a combination of Keith McPherson and Michael K. Thank you. That's high praise. Thank you. You're lumping me in with BT and Michael K? Sure, I'll be a Yankee boy for you. And if I never got on WFAN, I'd be at that stadium. And if I never say another word after tonight on WFAN, I'll be at that stadium. Too many times last year, whether I was there or whether I was home, I watched teams waltz into the Bronx, cocky as hell, and beat the Yankees. The Red Sox literally owned us in the Bronx last year, popped bottles in the visiting clubhouse after sweeping the Yankees, Alex Cora laughing. Like, I, I, it made my blood boil. I couldn't stand it. It's just not, it's just not right. Like, <laughs> somebody stand up for yourself. We've got those guys now. Too many 
scrub teams last year walked out on the diamond and just felt like, oh, this is a winnable series. They circled the calendar. Either the Yankees are coming to them, where the Yankees sell out everywhere on the road, or they come to the Yankee Stadium where they know they've got extra eyes, and you're the Yankees. You're getting everybody's best shot. And I watch these bum-ass teams like the Rockies, the Nationals, the Royals, the Marlins take series from the Yankees. The Yankees couldn't even sweep the damn Tigers. I'm telling you, I, I know part of it was I was on paternity leave and I wasn't sleeping right because I had the baby screaming and I had never been around a newborn infant and I'm changing diapers and I'm making bottles for the first time and I'm trying to relax when my baby goes to sleep at night. We intentionally made bedtime before 7.05 so dad can watch the Yankees in peace and I wasn't finding any peace. That ends this year. It's over. It's done. Judge is back. Juan Soto is in that lineup. Verdugo is a dog. Stroman is a dog. The rest of these guys will have a chip on their shoulder. Volpe is another year better. Rizzo's coming back with a vengeance. Stanton has something to prove. I'll see you at 161st Street. Chuck is up there in the Bronx. What's up, Chuck? You're on the fan. Hey, Keith. Uh, how you doing? I'm lifetime listener to the fan, first-time caller. Hey, ding, uh, ding, ding. I wanna, appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, and... Uh, Agree with everything you just said. I am. I have a lot of confidence in the team this year. Lifelong Yankees fan. I was born in the late '80s, raised in the Bronx. I lived through the dynasty. One one thing I wanted to ask you. One point is I've been a little nostalgic lately about Mariano Rivera, thinking about how important he was to that run, that dynasty. My greatest Yankee memories, most of them ended with him on the mound. And to Sandman. Yeah, it was you know, automatic. Right. I mean, you, you know how it is. Be, and being in the at the stadium, hearing Enter Sandman, that yeah, rip, done. the energy. I'm just, you know, and again, best Yankee moments ended with him on the mound, and we died with Mo on the mound. Our, our right. worst Yankee memories were probably ended, unfortunately, with Mo on the mound. Yeah. I'm just at the point where I'm wondering... You know, that closer role was such an important piece to that success of the Yankees in my lifetime. Is Clay Holmes that guy for the Yankees? What no. do you think? Do the Yankees need to be going after a high end? Do they need that guy, that shut down ninth inning guy like Mo was for them to be successful? Great call, Chuck. And I remember the time, and a lot of people listening remember the time. It was a guarantee. It was a lock. It was like, hey, once we get to... Ninth inning, like, they're not winning this game. It's another win. And you're just watching the outs pile up and the innings go by. Yankees tack on another run or two, and you know we're, we're good. We're in the clear. And that wasn't the case last year. As I'm talking about all these scrub teams that the Yankees weren't able to beat, like that Marlins series, come on, Clay Holmes. That Rockies series, come on, Clay Holmes. No, Clay Holmes is not that guy. Two years ago, they had the audacity to compare him to Mariano because he had 29 scoreless innings or something like that. He was an all-star two years ago. But no, I don't I don't think he's that guy. I think he had a, a couple good, you know, runs. I think they do need a closer. I think they do need a guy. Do I think they're gonna get Josh Hader? I don't. Josh Hader's looking for an Edwin Diaz type deal. I don't think they're they're gonna do that. But do I think they potentially get a closer at the deadline or maybe add some other pieces to the bullpen now or at the deadline? Sure. The Yankees have gone away from having the dominant closer, I think since they gave Chapman $87 million or whatever it was. They will go closer by committee. They will try to mix and match, play the matchups, find lanes. You know what I'm saying. Like, Wandy Peralta can close. 
Jonathan Lewisaga can close. Ian Hamilton can close. Uh, Ron Marinaccio can close. Clay Holmes can close. I don't necessarily think that that's the the best way. I don't necessarily co-sign that. I'm I'm right there with you, Yankee fans, to say, hey, why don't we go get a closer? I don't think they're going to pay Josh Hader. I think they're going to go into the season and see if Clay Holmes can be the guy. He's got nasty stuff. But, man, when he's off, he's off. He's going to walk, guys. When he's off, he's off. He's going to put that ball in the middle of the plate, and somebody's going to send it. Dan is in Connecticut. What's up, Dan? You're on the fan. How you doing, Keith? Thanks for taking the call. No problem. Yeah, I'm thinking, are the Yankees kind of pulling our strings here with, you know, the judge signing and the Soto signing, and then now they're kind of playing money ball like the Rays. Like, everybody doesn't want to spend the big bucks, but they want to have a good team that actually beats the Yankees, like you were just explaining. So, uh, like, us as fans, like, what are we supposed to be looking forward to uh, knowing that the Yankees are not in that Steinbrenner, you know, era anymore? Thanks for the call, Dan. That's incorrect, and I'm not saying it to be mean, but it's like, like, it, I just get tired of people saying, like, they're not they're not spending money. Now they're doing Moneyball. You guys watched the Moneyball movie? I watched that. I think it was in, like, high school when that came out. We're talking about the Oakland A's. I just went through the fact that they have Garrett Cole, who makes $36 million a year. Judge making $40 million a year. Stanton making $32 million a year. Rizzo is getting paid. Rodon is getting paid. Uh, DJ LeMay is another $15 million a year. Now you add Juan Soto at $31 million a year. What the hell are we talking about? Moneyball. There, there isn't just infinite funds. That's the other thing with Yankee fans. I'm like, what? Like, do you guys just go to, what is it, spotrack.com? And look at the payroll. Like they have the high, they have one of the highest payrolls every year. They're top five, top three highest payroll. They do spend money, but you can't go out there and spend recklessly. This off season, the free agents that were available this off season, this was never billed as a big off season. If you would have said that to me the last two years with all the shortstops and outfielders and arms that became available the last two years, I would have said, yeah, the Yankees are they're penny pinching. I don't know what the hell they're doing, bro. Like. They're not spending money. They're making trades for Josh Donaldson, IKF, and Ben Rortvet. They're giving you uh, um, Anthony Rizzo back, Tommy Canely, you know, a couple little marginal marginal moves. But, like, isn't there a forward thought that Juan Soto is going to cost $600 million? Isn't there a, a forward thought that you might not be able to get John Carlos Stanton's money off the books next year if he has another down year? They can't just go out and give Hader $105 million. They can't just go out and give Blake Snell $270 million. It's not just Monopoly money being thrown around. 877-337-6666. KM to AM on the fan. Coming back right after this.